0: Jordan Armstrong begins our coverage tonight, where hundreds gathered for the service at Vancouver's Victoria Square.
1: It often rains on Remembrance Day, but this year the rain eased off, just in time for the Veterans March to Victory Square. With all the First World War vets gone, and only a very few left from the Second World War, Many believe pausing to remember has never been more important.
2: Well, my grandfather fought in the war, and my grandmother also served in London in World War II.
3: And um, he lost both of his brothers. I've always come out just because that's the least I can do.
4: A sacrifice they made, right? When you read the letters that they uh, wrote home, uh, it's quite touching, actually. Yeah, this is my dad right here.
1: Today, the average age of the Second World War heroes is 93. Don Easton, a rear gunner with 432 heavy bomber squadron, will turn 95 in February. We lost a lot of people from our squadron, you know, you'd get
5: maybe 20 bombers airborne and two
1: or three wouldn't return. More than 100,000 Canadians died in the two world wars. In the decades since, Canadians have served in Korea, Iraq, Afghanistan and Syria, along with several peacekeeping missions. The crowd at Victory Square, remarkably youthful. As always, a Vancouver student was chosen to read a poem of remembrance.
6: I look again at the poppy, taking note of its crimson
7: petals.
1: Amid increased security, police on rooftops and dump trucks blocking streets to the cenotaph, the last post was sounded, followed by two minutes of silence, and a twenty-one gun salute. A day to honor sacrifice and service.
2: Uh, it's very
8: pleasing to see people still turning out, and, and
5: you know. Taking what has happened so seriously and remembering what actually occurred.
1: Jordan Armstrong, Global News.
0: it wasn't just in Victory Square in Vancouver where veterans were being remembered. Uh, The crowd applauding veterans marching on the grounds of the legislature in Victoria as well. Lieutenant Governor Judith Gishon and Deputy Premier Carol James among the dignitaries there who were laying wreaths at the Cenotaph. Premier John Horgan attended Remembrance Day ceremonies in his riding in Langford. After a two-minute silence, the crowd leaving their poppies at the base of the Cenotaph.
6: I always find it quite moving, um, and it's encouraging to see so many people. Lots of young people today, lots of families, and that's very nice to see.
9: Remembrance Day is about peace. And I like peace.
0: In Ottawa, hundreds gathering for the service at the National War Memorial, Governor-General Julie Pyatt attending her first Remembrance Day ceremony since becoming Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces. This year's National Silver Cross mother is Diana Abel. She lost her son Corporal Michael David Abel when he was on duty in Somalia in 1993. And Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who is overseas, marked Remembrance Day with Foreign Affairs Minister Chrystia Freeland and Canadian Forces personnel in De Yang, Vietnam. Trudeau paying his respects with the laying of a wreath along with his poppy. On Vancouver Island, Oak Bay police had to rescue a boater during the Remembrance Day ceremony. Police received a call just after 10 this morning in the waters off Beach Drive, saying that a man was yelling for help in the ocean. Officers arrived to see the man clinging to the side of his sailboat. One officer flagged down a nearby boater and jumped on board. Together, they were able to reach the man and pull him out. The victim, in his late 50s, is said to be doing well after spending nearly 30 minutes in the water. Now we have some breaking news for you. Members of North Shore Rescue are helping to get two lost hikers off Dog Mountain on Mount Seymour tonight. The man and woman managed to call for help before the battery on their cell phone ran out. Search crews are now walking them out. In other news tonight, more sexual harassment accusations surfacing today in the entertainment industry, this time in Hollywood North. The executive producer of four TV shows filmed here on the Lower Mainland, including Supergirl, is the man that is being accused. Julia Foy has the full story.
7: At the Fan Expo in
0: Vancouver, you can shoot at a
7: stormtrooper dress to impress or pass homage to your favorite TV character. I love being the fastest man alive.
10: That doesn't give you a right
11: to take his life. Flash
7: is a popular series shot around BC. It's produced by Warner Brothers and it airs on the CW network in Canada.
9: Flash.
6: Flash. (laughs) Yeah,
9: the Flash too. What do you love about him? Because of his speed.
7: I am not a human. But a darkness is lurking over the Flash production and two other BC shot series, including Supergirl and Arrow.
1: I'm going to call Air Canada and book your flight.
7: <laughs> All three shows are produced by U.S. showrunner Andrew Kreisberg. Variety magazine is reporting that 15 people who previously worked with him allege he is engaged in a pattern of alleged sexual harassment and inappropriate physical contact over a period of years. Cara Danvers was a mistake. Variety says Warner Brothers has suspended Kreisberg. Court searches suggest no charges have been laid against him and none of the allegations have been proven in court. Out there. At Fan Expo, visitors are concerned about the growing number of allegations against Hollywood actors and producers. I'm glad it's coming out finally. You know, it just like I say it took one person. And it's good
10: that the allegations are coming out now because this has to stop.
7: But these fans just want to believe in a world where good always triumphs over evil. I just
3: got the I just got the picture. Um it looks
0: amazing.
7: Julia Foy, Global News. An
0: investigation is underway in Maple Ridge after a late-night fire tore through a building on Lougheed Highway. It took more than 50 firefighters to get this blaze under control. This is uh, last night. Crews responding just after nine o'clock at the building on 23rd Street and Lohia Highway. There was a flooring and carpeting business in the building. Now it's not clear what caused this fire. Uh, still too unsafe this morning for crews to go inside. Uh, persistent hotspots keeping them away.
1: It's still in the roof areas, uh, so we've been battling that the roof areas. The building was built in 1945, so there's quite a bit of void space up there, uh, multiple layers of roofing, so it's taken a little bit of time to be able to control all the fire.
0: There was flames firing out everywhere. Flames also taking over a U-Haul storage facility in Surrey late yesterday. Crews called out to King George and 84th around 5 p.m. Fire ripping through 18 storage units, nine on each side. It took firefighters hours to knock down this inferno. No one was hurt. The walls of what is left of the building are about to collapse once they're secure. That is when firefighters will try to go inside to work out how the blaze started. Now, a UBC student and her family are making a desperate plea to the provincial government to help save her life. She's in hospital with a rare autoimmune disease. The problem is that the only treatment available is not covered under the BC healthcare system. Jill Bennett reports.
3: It's really frustrating. It's really, really frustrating because you're told that you can get better, but you're also told that you might die if you don't get it and they're not going to give it to you. A month
10: ago, 23-year-old Shantae Anaquad was a third-year anthropology student at UBC, looking forward to a bright future. Then she got what she thought was the flu. Within days, she'd been diagnosed with an extremely rare autoimmune disease, atypical hemolytic uremic syndrome, or AHUS.
2: I'm getting um, plasma exchanges um, almost every day and um, kidney dialysis as well.
10: A-H-U-S causes blood clots. It can lead to cardiac arrest and kidney failure. There is a drug, Soliris. It's approved by Health Canada to treat the disease, but it costs $750,000 a year, and it's not covered in B.C. It's like
3: an apartment or a really fancy car or something, but it's, it's my life. It's something worth more than an object or money. In
10: B.C., drug coverage is decided based on recommendations from the Common Drug Review and the B.C. Drug Benefits Council. Both bodies have recommended Solaris not be covered because of its unclear benefits and because it's too expensive. That's why as
3: people living here, lives aren't as worth um, as much as somebody living in Ontario.
10: There is coverage of Solaris in Quebec, Ontario and Alberta. That according to the organization pushing to have the drug paid for throughout Canada.
8: I just want to stress that if there's a treatment available for somebody and the government steps in between her and the doctor and says, we're not going to fund it, even though the doctor says this is the right medication, I think that's appalling. I, I also think it's unethical.
10: Anaquad will soon start her second month in hospital as she fights for the drug to save her life.
3: My worry is, what if we don't have the time to, to plan that? What if we what if while we're waiting something happens
10: there's also a fundraising page to help cover the costs jill bennett global news
0: still ahead tonight hooking you in why some are saying spending time on facebook could be causing addiction and depression and a legion in surrey marking a milestone this remembrance day we'll tell you why in a few minutes Well, it's been a bittersweet Remembrance Day in Surrey. The Royal Canadian Legion Branch 229 in Wally is getting ready to close its doors, making way for a new state-of-the-art facility, one that will cater to the growing needs of veterans, both young and old. Nadia Stewart has the story.
3: Familiar sounds in a familiar space, one that's become a second home for veterans in Wally. But for Legion Branch 229, this Remembrance Day marks a bittersweet goodbye.
6: And I'm going to really miss being here, but the new building should be fabulous.
3: They're going to be building a new building that will
12: house uh, veterans which I think is long overdue.
3: Plans are in the works to replace this decades-old building with a new mixed-use, state-of-the-art facility. A new
5: legion, along with a PTSD clinic, and also a clinic for robotics.
3: There'll also be affordable housing and a place for families to stay while veterans, soldiers, and first responders are receiving treatment. A new facility marking a new era in treatment and rehabilitation for Canada's heroes. In the World War IIs and
5: that, hundreds of men came back together we used to call it shell shock back in the old days. Now they have PTSD and they need counseling. They need to be with their own kind and get together. And that is what this center will be all about. In the
12: new building, we can't do worse. We've got to do a lot better and it's going to be better.
3: It'll be a few years yet before they move in, but no doubt they'll carry with them memories of their old home and their cherished friends.
1: You know, it's sad. And, uh, you know,
0: so many people have passed on and, you know, and never get to see this.
3: your global news.
0: And the contributions of Chinese Canadians who served are also recognised today. <laughs> off a large crowd from attending the 11th annual chinatown remembrance day ceremony this included vancouver mayor gregor robertson and justice minister jody wilson raybold it commemorates the struggles and sacrifices of early chinese pioneers and chinese canadian veterans And the sacrifice of a Chinese-Canadian soldier from Kamloops is now finally being acknowledged. During the First World War, Frederick Lee signed up to serve. A year later, he was killed in action on the Western Front in France. Now historians are working to make sure his contribution will never be overlooked again. Aaron MacArthur has his story.
4: On the cenotaph in Kamloops, the names of the dead are etched in stone. One name which doesn't look at all out of place is in so many ways unique.
1: Frederick Lee, yeah, he's got a Chinese name, but he was as Canadian as a hockey
4: puck. Frederick Lee was born at the turn of the last century in Kamloops to parents who immigrated from China. The family-owned land, traded with the Hudson's Bay Company. Frederick went to school. Despite family tragedy and half his family moving back to China... When the calls for volunteers went out in 1916, Frederick signed up with a 1,000 other men from Kamloops. Considering the racism of the time, he was a rarity.
12: Maybe about
10: 200 to 300 Chinese Canadians went overseas to fight for Canada. Jack
4: Jin has taken several years to uncover the story of the man he affectionately calls Freddie. Lee trained to be a machine gunner, a highly skilled position at the time. He survived at Vimy Ridge to fight in a battle that has gone A hundred years in virtual obscurity, Hill Seventy was fought and commanded exclusively by the Canadian Corps. And when a monument was erected outside of Lens to commemorate the battle, architects discovered Lee's name and wanted to dedicate a pathway in his honor. The problem was, no one knew anything about him.
12: We got a forgotten victory. Well, there's a forgotten man. My friends in Kingston at the Hill Seventy memorial said, we want to name a walkway after
1: this guy, but we don't know him. And I said, well, you better get to know him, because that's not right.
4: Honoured by his regiment and by the city of Kamloops, Frederick Lee will soon have his place at Hill 70. His is a story of service. It's the story of bravery. It's the story of Canada. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
0: Mm, amazing story. All right. We have a lot to get through in terms of at least the rain everyone held off during um, a, a lot of those ceremonies. Today. Yeah, it was a bit great. About that. It was
6: good timing. Mother Nature held off for us across Metro Vancouver. And then the rain did pick up just as we got closer towards the noon hour for many areas. And as we currently take a look at our satellite and radar, the green areas is are showing us that rainfall. And we've got another wave of moisture that is pushing in. We will see anywhere between 15 and up to 25 millimeters of rainfall this evening. More rain is on the way for tomorrow. The timing of them, we'll start to see it change on the way, especially for higher elevations and to the interior when we can anticipate some snowfall. i will have that coming up, and a special weather statement has been issued. Metro Vancouver is included within that. We are looking at stormy conditions, the timing of that coming up very shortly.
0: Oh, no, not again.
6: <laughs> a statement?
5: Do they do the statement in capital letters so everyone gets pays yes. attention to it? Yeah.
0: Yes, heads up. I know. That's what it is. We all, yeah, we all uh, look up, uh, do a double take. it's when, <laughs> so when it's a statement, you know, it's serious. With
5: exclamation marks. Yeah, exactly.
0: It uh, yeah. you know, yeah.
5: means a lot, especially <laughs> With- in tech. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What's going on in
5: sport? Well, it'll be interesting to see how the Canucks uh, respond. I thought they played you know, their worst game of the year in uh, Anaheim the other night, looked kind of mm-hmm. tired and a little out of it, but they have played you know, over their heads, I think, all year. So we'll see what they do in San Jose. They've got some lineup changes. We'll tell you all about that. And a wild uh, university football game between UBC and Calgary today in the Canada West final. Incredible finish. Not the way UBC was hoping for, but it was uh, an amazing play.
0: All right, looking forward to seeing that, too, so stay with us. Plus, um, this is a pretty unlikely love story. It is about how Bruce the Rottweiler and Cashew the Duck became best friends forever. You will not want to miss that. But ahead of that, uh, on a more serious note, Republican Roy Moore on the defensive as he appears in public for the first time since teen sex allegations surfaced. Stay with us. In other news tonight, Alabama Republican Roy Moore says allegations that he pursued sexual relationships with underage girls in the 70s and 80s, some as young as 14 years old, are a petty attempt to derail his Senate bin- bid. It comes as many Republicans are pulling their support for the candidate.
8: At a Veterans Day event outside Birmingham, Republican Senate candidate Roy Moore fought back against allegations of sexual misconduct. To be attacked for allegations of sexual misconduct, contradicts my entire career in law. I want to make it clear to the media present and to the people present, I have not provided alcohol beverages, alcoholic beverages, beer, or anything else to a minor. I have not been guilty of sexual misconduct with anyone. The Washington Post published a report Thursday. In it, a woman claimed Moore had inappropriate sexual contact with her in 1979 when she was 14 and he was 32. Three other women said Moore pursued relationships with them when they were teens and he was in his 30s. To think that grown women would wait 40 years to come before, right before an election, to bring charges Is absolutely unbelievable. Moore did not answer questions from reporters. A few people who support Moore's Democratic opponent, Doug Jones, protested at Saturday's event.
3: I am here to
10: protest Roy Moore and to campaign for Doug Jones.
3: How upsetting are the allegations to you?
10: Um, They're upsetting, and I think that um, they're serious and that they need to be looked into.
3: He was
8: removed from office twice, once for refusing to remove a Ten Commandments monument from a public building and later for refusing to comply with a Supreme Court order on gay marriage. Some prominent Republicans are pressuring him to step aside now. John McCain and Mitt Romney called Moore unfit for office. Moore says he's not going anywhere. We do not intend to let the Democrats or the established Republicans or anybody else behind this story stop this campaign. The election is December 12th. Chris Pallone, NBC News.
0: George Takai is the latest Hollywood actor to be accused of sexual assault, even though he claims to not remember his accuser. Scott Brunton says that he was only 23 years old when Takai invited him into Los Angeles in a condo in 1981. He claims that Takai spiked his drink and he fell asleep. When he woke up, he found the actor groping him and trying to strip him of his clothes. In a series of tweets, Takai says that he is shocked and bewildered by the allegations. U.S. President Donald Trump says that he belie- believes Vladimir Putin when he told him Russia didn't meddle in last year's election. There was no formal meeting between the two, but they did briefly talk at the APEC summit in Vietnam. Trump told reporters that he again pressed Putin about Russian meddling in the election and the Russian leader again denied any involvement. Trump believes Putin has been insulted by the allegations and says that it could affect future relations between the two countries. Now, while the Trans-Pacific Partnership hasn't been officially signed, progress is being made on several fronts. It comes after international backlash over Prime Minister Trudeau's apparent no-show at a meeting with other leaders, which briefly put the deal in jeopardy. Global's Mike Licature now takes a look at how Canada plans to move forward.
12: Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says the Trans-Pacific Partnership was not signed here in Vietnam because Canada was not ready to close the deal. And that differs from previous government messages which said we weren't the only ones holding things up. He made the comments at his closing press conference at the end of the APEC summit. While TPP-11 isn't done yet, there has been some progress on some chapters, including environmental standards and labour rights. That agreement followed a day of confusion around the summit after Trudeau didn't show up for a meeting with other TPP leaders. He says it was just a scheduling issue. Today, though, he did find time for a quick discussion with U.S. President Donald Trump on the margins of the APEC summit. We're told the two talked about softwood lumber, Bombardier and NAFTA. Now, on those negotiations, they do continue to drag on, and one Canadian official told us It's affecting other deals, but the prime minister doesn't see it that way. No, I don't actually agree with that. I think uh, one of the things that is important and clear is uh, there is a need to diversify
5: uh, our uh, trade. Uh, We will always be uh, extremely closely linked to the American economy just by proximity of of connections and geography. Uh, But uh, we have also demonstrated with CETA, with other uh, deals that we're very much uh, open to move forward on this.
12: From here, Trudeau travels to Manila for the ASEAN summit. It's a smaller group of Southeast Asian countries, but an important one as Trudeau attempts to look for more trading partners. Mike Couture, Global News, da Nang, Vietnam.
0: Now, a new drive through in Las Vegas won't be handing out burgers and fries, but you will be able to buy a bag of weed. A dispensary just north of the Vegas Strip is taking advantage of Nevada's new pot laws and has opened what is thought to be the first pot drive through in the U.S. Customers have to order online. They then pay cash at the pickup window. This dispensary opened on Friday. It is owned by the local First Nations band. It's one of the first signs of the coming holiday season. This year's Rockefeller Christmas tree has officially gone up. <laughs> Yeah, this year's tree is a 22-metre-tall Norway spruce. It is finally in place in Manhattan after being cut down in Pennsylvania on Thursday. It is the 86th tree to grace Rockefeller Plaza, and will sit next to the iconic ice rink, of course, as it always does. Dozens turning out to see the whole thing going up. Now, in health matters, the former president of Facebook says that the social networking site was created deliberately to exploit people psychologically in order to get them addicted. In the movie The Social Network, Justin Timberlake, of course, plays Sean Parker, the founding president of Facebook. Now, in an interview with a website, the real Parker says Facebook and its sister app, Instagram, were designed to just hook users in
5: that thought process was all about how do we consume as much of your time and conscious attention as possible
1: the inventors creators understood this consciously and we did it anyway
0: Well, surveys show that overuse can be harmful, especially to children. It can impact them negatively on their relationships, on school performance, and even on their sleep. And for some users, psychologists have even coined a new term. It's called Facebook depression, uh, and that is uh, that with social media use, uh, you may get feelings leading to jealousy, isolation, and despair. Experts saying that the best advice is to limit how much time you spend on social media every day. Still ahead, thanking wildfire volunteers. Kamloops 2 unveil a monument honoring the heroes of BC's worst ever fire season.
1: Try an activity off the Participation 150 playlist. Ready to climb? Reach new heights with playlist activity number 37 rock climbing. Sign up online. See how many activities you can check off the list.
0: the ceremonies going on across BC today, of course. Now you might remember the volunteers who put in thousands of hours during the summer's historic wildfire season. Now there's going to be a monument in Kamloops going up to mark their hard work. Tens of thousands of people were evacuated, of course, during the wildfires, many of them ending up in Kamloops. The city's mayor says that the community has stepped up in a big way to help, providing more than 75,000 hours of uh, volunteer time. Now the Thompson-Nicola Regional District has voted to approve $100,000 to install a monument outside the Sandman Centre. That is where lots of evacuees gathered during that time.
9: Even through the wildfire event, we started talking about how we could recognize all of the volunteers that put so much into supporting all of the evacuees. And, you know, as we mentioned a number of times, um, the city of Kamloops really stepped up to help people that were evacuated, not just from our own region, but also from even the Caribou Regional District.
0: And another monument commemorating the 2003 wildfire season sits outside the Regional District Building. It is hoped that this newest tribute is going to be installed in April uh, because that will be in time for Volunteer Appreciation Week. I've got to say, they did work really, really hard. We remember that very well from this year. Um, I'll tell you, another person who works hard in a very different way, because you were bringing us all the news of those fires as they were spreading during that time, and uh, now the weather picture obviously is very different.
6: Yes, a very different weather picture, and of course, uh, we always give our thanks to all those volunteers during that time. Uh, very soggy out there, and we'll continue to see this wet weather. The uh, totals in just a moment, but a look at what we're seeing right now for our temperatures. We're at 9 degrees with an easterly wind at 22 kilometres per hour. It's been a soggy start to our weekend. It looks like it'll continue that way for the latter half as well. Temperatures today up to 9 degrees. We're right or close to the average for this time of the year that sits at 8. A record on the say 16 degrees set back in 1996. A very happy birthday this evening to Lillian Hurd from Pitt Meadows celebrating 100. So congratulations to you and I hope you had a wonderful day and enjoying your evening as well. Back to the forecast and some of the numbers that we've been seeing across the province today. Still around the average for this time of the year for areas near Calloops, with a high of 5 degrees. The peace today, chilly at minus 8 in areas near Tofino and Victoria, climbing up to 10 degrees. The moisture is going to continue this evening, anywhere between 15 and up to 25 millimeters across much of Metro Vancouver and the south coast. And what we are seeing is a number of systems that's going to be working its way across our entire province that's bringing in that moisture. Now, the big weather picture that we're also following, a special weather statement has been issued. We're keeping an eye on the next low that is going to push its way across the south coast and the timing of it will be on Monday. The potential is there to see very windy and stormy conditions. The following areas included within the special weather statement, Metro Vancouver, Howe Sound, right along the Sunshine Coast in Victoria, eastern and western sections of the island and the southern Gulf Islands where we could see the winds anywhere between 50 and 80 sustained. And depending on the track of the low, we could see gusts of up to 90 and 100 kilometres per hour. So we'll be keeping a close eye and the timing of it will be for our Monday. Across the province for tomorrow still Still seeing some flurry activity, light snowfall for the peace and the northeastern corners of the province. Whitehorse tomorrow, some nice breaks in the cloud, and then snow developing once again on Monday, Tuesday. Across the north coast, it's unsettled for the morning hours. There is the risk of a thunderstorm and then much drier for the afternoon. Monday, Tuesday, still hanging on to a chance of showers. Caribou in central interior, just a 30% chance to see an isolated shower. Mainly cloudy sky for tomorrow, and then flurries developing once again Monday, Tuesday. Columbia and Kootenay region overnight and for the early morning hours we could see some flurries and then changing over to a chance of showers. It'll be similar for the Thompson-Okanagan where the moisture is going to push in just after midnight. We can see some snowfall, higher elevations up to 2 centimeters and then it changes back over to rain with that temperature up to 6 tomorrow. Whistler will see an additional 15 and up to 25 millimeters of rainfall and most spots across the island, especially if you're close to the water. we will be watching those windy conditions. We're going to back up to 9 degrees for tomorrow, but there's 15 and up to 25 millimeters of rain this evening, an additional 20 and up to 30 millimeters for tomorrow. It's Monday that we're looking to see very windy conditions with the track of that low, and it's going to be soggy over the next little while. You'll need your umbrella, and you'll need to hang on to it for our Monday. Sonia?
0: Yeah, just kind of what we were expecting at this time. Thanks very much for that, Yvonne. All right, still ahead, the Canucks are in San Jose. Louis Erickson's return to the lineup, the Canucks taking on the Sharks. Barry breaks it all down for us after the... Break. All right. Welcome back. It's all yours, Barry. All right. Yep.
5: Thank you. I will carry it. I'll <laughs> run with it. Thanks, Sonia. The Canucks continue their road trip in San Jose tonight against the Sharks. And Louis Erickson returns to the lineup after missing a dozen games with a knee sprain. The Canucks played quite well without him, actually, going 7-4-1 in that span. With Erickson back, Jake Virtanen comes out. Erickson had just one assist in his first four games this season. Uh, needless to say, he needs to find the net and start earning that $6 million salary. NHL today, Oilers at Madison Square Garden. Edmonton with back-to-back overtime wins to start their road trip. But the Rangers are rolling. They've won five straight, and they get on the board first. Kevin Hayes. Over to Rick Nash for the one-timer. No chance for the former Ranger, Cam Talbot. 1-0 New York. Oilers, though, will draw even before the period's out. They force a turnover deep. And it's the newly recalled Jesse Pujarvi with his first of the season from Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Ties it up 1-1. Edmonton will then grab the lead in the second Working the power play, Milan Lucic doing some fine work in front and the puck will squirt back to Connor McDavid who somehow fires it through Henrik Lundqvist. First power play goal this season for McDavid, 7th overall 2-1 Edmonton, but the Rangers tied it and then took the lead, they got two quick power play goals, the second one here by Rick Nash, his second of the game, that was the game winner, Rangers have now won 6 straight. No more calls for Elaine Vigneault to be fired, that's for sure. After New York struggled early, they're playing great now. 4-2 the final. Oilers dropped to 6-9-1, second last in the West. The NHL Global Series from Stockholm, Sweden. Senators beat the Avalanche in overtime 4-3 in Game 1 Friday. There's the best Swede in the world, Eric Carlson. Second period, one nothing. Avs. Mike Hoffman, who's got a bullet shot, scoring on the changeup as he bounces one past Jonathan Bernier. Very deflating to give up those kind of goals, especially for a young team like the Avs. Ties it at one. One of the top rookies in the NHL this year has been West Fans Alex Kerfoot, whose dad Greg owns the Whitecaps. What a shot under the bar for his seventh goal. He's got 13 points in 16 games, fourth in rookie scoring, just a point behind Brock Besser. Sends tie it. Great read by Eric Carlson, finds Mark Stone, and how about that little spinorama to score past Bernier, ties it up two-two. Third period, Colorado had taken a 3-2 lead, but another Swede, Johnny Oduya, whose hometown is Stockholm, so a hometown boy scoring here wires the point shot past Bernier, ties it at three, and then on the power play, Matt Duchesne and Mark Stone combined to set up Mike Hoffman's second of the game.
4: Half down low.
5: The replay showing here, though, that the uh, Avs defenseman swept the puck right onto Hoffman's stick. So no official assist for Duchesne, but he helped set up that winner. 4-3 Ottawa, they sweep the two-game series in Stockholm. On the ice right now, Leafs and Bruins. Toronto won the first of this home-and-home in overtime last night in Toronto. First period, oh, bad giveaway by the uh, young Bruins defenseman Mitch Marner steals and fires one nothing Leafs, and then on the power play, this is some nice puck movement. Morgan Riley, Asim Kadri, and James Van Riemsdyk with the first of his two on the night. It's 3-1 Leafs right now, late in the third. And we'll check in with the Sabres and the Habs. Late first period on the power play, puck kind of squirts loose behind the net. Everyone loses it, except for Ryan O'Reilly, who finds it and stuffs it in with just six seconds left in the period. Stays that way till early third. Long point shot by Jonathan Drouin. Tipped right there by Andrew Shaw. 1-1 very late in the third. Habs and Sabres. Still to come, Chanel previews the 10th Sunday of the NFL season in the red zone. And the Thunderbirds and Dinos in an epic battle for the Hardy Cup. A finish you won't believe when we come back. Welcome back. For the third straight year, the Canada West football final pitted UBC against Calgary. In 2015, UBC won en route to a surprise Vanier Cup victory. Last year, Calgary squeezed out a three-point win, and today in Calgary again, the two teams played another classic with one of the most dramatic, unlikely finishes in Canada West finals history. There's what they're playing for, the Hardy Cup, and a berth in the national semifinals. Fourth quarter, Michael O'Connor going to the end zone and a great catch there by Marshall Cook. The T-Birds were down just 3-31-28. Then on their next drive, six minutes to go, they find the end zone again. This time, Ben Cummings picks his way in from 15 yards out. Now UBC is in front. 35-31 35 31. They were down six in the final minute, but O'Connor to Alex Morrison for the six yard touchdown with just 16 seconds left. UBC led 43 41, but Calgary completed two late passes. And then on the final play of the game from 59 yards, Nico DeFonte crushes it just through for an amazing finish. The Dinos win it 44 43, breaking the T Birds' hearts. UBC's season comes to an abrupt end. And that one will sting for a long, long time. Well, usually in this time slot, we preview the Seahawks' upcoming game, but they've already played Thursday, beating the Cardinals in Arizona. But Chanel is like a Boy Scout. He's always prepared. He's got all you need to know in tomorrow's key games in the red zone.
11: Week 10 brings us a matchup of a couple of surprising teams as the Saints travel to Buffalo, while the Cowboys take their three-game winning streak into Atlanta. And the Rams, who sit a game ahead of Seattle, host the Texans at the L.A. Coliseum. The Rams are the highest-scoring team in the NFL. 33 points a game and have a slew of weapons. Todd Gurley, 10 total touchdowns, tops in the NFL. Now, the defense has been rock-solid of late, allowing an average of half points a game in the last four and recording 13 sacks in that stretch. L.A. is favored by 11 and have won by double digits in the last three. Tom Savage hasn't done well in his two appearances, completing just 45% of his throws. Expect more of a ground attack. Lamar Miller leads the team in rushing. The goal is to stop the high-powered Rams offense, but the Texans are third from the bottom allowing 26 points a game. The Cowboys are hot. Three straight wins and they put up an average of 34 points on their opponents during that streak. Dak Prescott, five touchdowns, no turnovers, while Ezekiel Elliott has six touchdowns with 466 yards of offense in that stretch. The Falcons have lost 4-5 and have blown double-digit leads in their last two. Atlanta is tied for dead last and forcing turnovers, just six. And Matt Ryan, last year's MVP, seven interceptions, already matching his total from all of last season. The Falcons are favored by three, but have struggled at home just one win in three tries. The Buffalo offense has been effective, averaging 28 points a game in the last three. Tyrod Taylor, 10 touchdowns to just two interceptions. The defense is allowing under 19 points a game and have 11 interceptions this season tied for second most. The Bills are two and a half point underdogs but are a perfect 4-0 at home. The Saints have won six straight and Alvin Kamara has been a pleasant surprise. The rookie averaging 103 total yards a game has four touchdowns and has become another weapon for Drew Brees. New Orleans is fourth in passing 270 yards a game and the defense, seven sacks in the last three, including four last week.
1: This program is brought to you by Mr. Lube, Canada's number one quick lube, now offering same-day tire services, no appointment needed.
5: World Cup qualifying. Republic of Ireland at Denmark in leg one of their two-game total goal series. Winner gets a ticket to Russia 2018. Danes with the pressure early. Strieger Larsen stopped. Andrea Cornelius also stopped. Two big saves from Irish keeper Darren Randolph. Ireland would love to get an away goal. Their best chance comes from Cyrus Christie but Casper Schmeichel just gets a piece of it. Ireland that close, but they are very pleased with a nil-nil draw. Second leg goes Tuesday in Dublin, and you'd have to say advantage Irish. That's it for sports. We're back with more after this.
0: 45 minutes southwest of Edmonton, you might come across a pair of best friends that look a little odd. Uh, it's the community of Thorsby that is home to Bruce and Cashew, They're two animals that really love each other despite some pretty big differences. If
9: you're ever in Thorsby, Alberta, you might do a double take while driving down the street. But for Cashew, the two-year-old call duck, and Bruce, the ten-year-old rottweiler, this is just a regular date.
2: Cashew bonded to him immediately. She likes me, but Bruce is, like, her one and only.
9: I won't let you go. They're often spotted at pet necessities. They're home away from home, looking for attention
2: and snacks. Bruce is more of a stoic, laid-back, quiet, reserved one, and... Uh, Cashew definitely is the more boisterous. She'll let you know when she's upset or if she wants something, she'll pull at your pant leg. Word has gotten out about their special bond.
11: They'll drive out from the city or they've come from Leduc or uh, Drayton Valley. They're absolutely amazed. Bruce and Cashew, they are the best well-behaved animals that I've ever met in a pet store.
2: Despite
9: a 128-pound weight difference... These two are inseparable.
2: If Bruce is eating anything, even stuff that she should not be eating, uh, she wants it. She will try and take it away from him. He just tries to run away, so then we have a little, you know, <laughs> ring around the rosy going on in the store while she's chasing him.
9: Together, they play in the water,
2: have naps. And Bruce makes sure his little lady is always safe. If she sees something that freaks her out, she will dart right underneath Bruce's legs and just wait it out till all is, all is safe and clear.
9: Proof that love comes in all shapes and sizes.
2: The number one thing I get asked is, uh, Bruce hasn't eaten cashew? I'm like, no, not at all. <laughs> Sarah Krause, Global News. <laughs>
5: Ah, the odd story. couple wow. yeah of yeah. reminds me of squire and jay Jannah are they kind of the <laughs> which one's same the same dynamic well squire would be the duck
0: the rottweiler yeah. Yeah. Oh. no no
5: jay's jay's the <laughs> for size purposes
0: great story well thank you very very much for watching we leave you tonight with more from the remembrance day service at victory square in vancouver thanks for watching good night